Hey. Hi. What's up? Welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. I'm Bren. Tonight, and only tonight, <laughs> we are doing Crime Colts Coffee and Wine. Yeah, because we feel like it. Because we like wine. Yeah, so... And it's t- nighttime. We usually record at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the type of wine that we're drinking, I'll just give a little shout out, is yep. Seven Moons. I literally drink this wine 24-7. It's a red blend, and you've got me hooked on it, actually. I'm obsessed with it, and I get it all the time. I, I know. I love it. So on their corks, they have really cute little, like, mantras. What's our tonight's mantra? It is, <clears throat> <laughs> reflect on your journey, learn from your winding path. Ooh. So beautiful. Very inspirational. Yeah. I love that. Yep. So should we talk about, before we get into the coffee, should we talk about the dogs? Yeah, let's talk about a couple things. You start with the dogs. So, these are the two dogs, Bixby and Indy, that we've mentioned in the past that have literally brought deer bones and deer skulls and sacrums into the house. And the do- the same dogs that have also tried to eat birds and we had to scoop them out of their yes. mouth. <laughs> They're reckless as hell. They don't care, um, and so we let them out today, and the pool guy came over to get the pool ready for summer. So, naturally, there's dead frogs in the pool. Yep, yeah. And he's scooping them out, you know, put them to the side of the pool, which I don't know why he wouldn't just, you know, fling them somewhere, not that it would make a difference. And who knows how long these frogs have been sitting there, realistically, because the pool's been closed for a year. All year. <laughs> With a cover on it? I guarantee it's been a while. Yeah. So, the dead frogs are laying beside the pool. We're having our Cinco de Mayo fiesta. Happy Cinco de Mayo! (laughs) We had a whole fiesta and a meal, and it was really good. So, we're eating, and all of a sudden, we see the dogs rolling, and they only roll if they're rolling in shit shit (laughs) or Or dead dead animals. animals. (laughs) And we're like, okay, we know what this means. This is bad. And Dad was like... Oh, maybe maybe they're just, like, rolling on leaves. We're like, no, 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 no. So Carson runs out. He sprints out there like the dad he is. (laughs) The dog dad. The dog dad. And he put a brick over something, and we were like, shit, that's something dead. But before he put the brick, he was just, like, walking around pondering, just walking in circles. Putting his hands in his pocket. He's like, I don't know what to do right now. (laughs) So he comes back in, and he's like, it was dead frog. It was a dead frog. We have to go out and do something with it. And he said it was really big. And that is because for anyone who has never seen frogs when they come out of a pool and they're dead, they're very bloated. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they've been there for a while. Probably a year. (laughs) Yeah. So we're eating. We just finished eating. The dogs are in now. And it starts smelling. Oh, my God. Horrible. It was Brenda her gag thing. (laughs) My gag thing. The thing where you gag at gross things. But, like, (laughs) she really gags. (laughs) It's bad. I know. And my dad and my brother, Casey, always get annoyed with me. And, like, I can help it. (laughs) Like, I can help it. My dad's like, go in the bathroom. Go in the bathroom. You had the perfect word to describe what it smelled like. It was disgusting. Sludge. Sludge. Straight up sludge. It was decaying animal and sludge it was so fucking nasty so they both got baths yeah and here we are (laughs) here we are upstairs hope no one was eating while hope no one was eating while kelsey just told that story yeah so what else has been going on i don't know oh we've been oh Mm. 
We've been watching Handmaid's Tale, the new season. Guys, if you have not started Handmaid's and Tale... Girls. And girls. You're missing... I call everyone guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're missing out. It is the best... Not not the best. I think it's one of the best shows yeah. ever. You have it's to really, start it. really fucked up. Yeah. If you have not started it already, you must start it. My sister, Jamie, started at the beginning of the pandemic, and she was like, too much. This is too much for me to handle right now. <laughs> well, yeah, it is a little bit much. But. Yeah. But she loves it, so and good. the new season just came out. They're releasing it episode by episode, though, which is annoying, like, week by week. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm all caught up, and it's fucked up. Same. And last night, I screamed. I screamed out loud at a part. I cringed, and yeah. Carson was still asleep. Yeah. <laughs> he was asleep next to me, and I'm like, what the hell I just know. happened? I know. It's a lot. It's bad. So, I think that's about it yeah, for you wanna- a little, uh ketchup for you guys yeah ketchup and mustard just have (laughs) info on our lives about what happens yeah (laughs) so you want to talk about the coffee yeah so this week's coffee my friend ashley actually gave us and it's kalua coffee thank you ashley yeah we have a couple of coffees that she gifted us that we're going to be finally doing along Mm. with my friend kate i just took a sip they gave this to us months ago, but we tried. I I made them aware. We have not forgotten about your coffee. We were trying to get all the businesses that sent us coffees done first. And we are caught up. And we are all caught up. We are caught up. Yeah. So the Kahlua coffee, it is a an Arabica coffee. Mm-hmm. And I think on the bag, I don't have it up here, but they said there were notes of vanilla, caramel, and chocolate. Yeah. And it's non-alcoholic, but it tastes like the alcohol. It literally tastes like it's po- like Kahlua is poured in to the coffee. Yeah, it's delicious with no effects of alcohol. Yeah, and I have to say, Kahlua, thank you, thank you for making your bags so easy to open. <laughs> I struggle with that. And you it know was how like, bad we are. It was like. Doot. And it just was open. Really? Yeah. No, we're terrible with it. We rip them open like a bag of chips. We're sat. We're like right down the middle. Insane with it. <laughs> yeah. So and every time we're like, ah, <laughs> oh shit. Well, I have to say, right when I opened the bag too, I would like to compliment that the smell, even before the coffee was made, was delicious. Amazing. It smelled so really potent. Good. Yeah. yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Not like the dogs. <laughs> gross. Sludgy dogs. Yeah. Sludgy gross animals. So how do you want to describe this coffee? I can definitely taste the caramel in it mm-hmm. and the vanilla, but it stands out to me the most that it actually tastes like the liquor. Yeah. The the liqueur. Agreed. <laughs> like if you were to pour the actual Kahlua into mm-hmm. this, you it wouldn't taste any different except... You'd be getting a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It literally tastes like that. So if you're a night coffee drinker or, Mm. you know, you just don't want to have alcohol in your coffee, maybe try this um, without the alcohol. Or with. Or with. Whatever you want. (laughs) Whatever you prefer. It's good, though. I would probably rate this one a 7. Yeah, I think I'd go a 7, 7.5 with this. Yeah. I like the coffee, but I feel like you have to be in the mood almost for the alcohol taste yeah, in yeah. it. And while there's no alcohol in it, there's you can definitely taste like it it is in there. Right. But you have to be in the mood for it. So it's not an everyday coffee for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good I though. Agree. I agree. Once in a while though is nice. Yeah. Especially like I feel like it's definitely a 
uh, coffee to have with dessert. Yes, it would be a great dessert coffee. Yeah. I agree. So, um, thank you, Ashley. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We love you. You're the best fan ever. Yeah. And another little shout out to her and Kate's company, KA Creations, on Instagram. They're the ones who made us a really, really cute, well, no, made us really, really cute crime cults and coffee signs. I was going to say a really cute, but they made us more than one. They made two. Yeah. And we still have to find a place to put them because... Ava, our niece, doesn't like when we put our stuff in her hangout room where we record. <laughs> in her hangout room. Yeah. She's like, what is this stuff? We were like, it's literally two things in the corner. Leave us be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we're ready to get started. Yeah. So grab your coffee and wine and have a morning with us. <laughs> okay, so today's episode is another listener-suggested episode. Um... Most likely because it was pretty recent in the news, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but this is listener suggested by the one and only mom. Thank you, mom. And I wrote on here, just in time for Mother's Day. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Thank but it you. W- but it won't be coming out then. I know. Will it? No. <laughs> Not even close. But um, I found this case so interesting. We were just talking in the last episode about how there are certain time periods that interest me the most um, for cases, and this one, like, hit all of my interest points on the nail on the head. Yeah. It's very interesting. This one also tied in with my interests of having uh, Ooh, things yeah. tied into it nowadays. Stuff. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So today's case is on Kristen Smart, also known as Kristen Denise Smart. She was born February 20th, 1977, in Augsburg, uh, Bavaria, West Germany. She had brown eyes and dark blonde hair. She was six feet and one inches tall. Wow. She's very tall. Yeah. She was beautiful, too. I'm just going to add that in there. Her favorite motto was, quote, Live your life as an exclamation, not an explanation. Oh, I love that. I've never heard that before, and I love it. Yeah. She uh, was described by her family as having a sparkle in her eyes and a smile that melted hearts. She sounds so pretty. Um, Her nickname was actually Roxy, which is cool as hell. That's really cool. And and just, like, funky. Like, you don't really hear that name I've never heard that as, like, a nickname. Yeah. Stan Smart, who was her father, and Denise Smart was her mother. And both the parents were actually teachers um, to children of military personnel, which is really cool. Wow. Kristen had two siblings, one brother and one sister. She moved as a kid to Stockton, California. She graduated from Lincoln High School in Stockton in 1995, and she worked as a lifeguard and camp counselor at Camp Mokalia in Hawaii. Enrolled at California Polytech State University, a.k.a. Cal Poly, in St. Louis Obispo, California, in 1996. She was 19 years old at the time of this story. So just keep all that background info in the back of your head. As always, we like to do a little background of the person that this case is about. Yeah, and as always, we wish we had a little bit more Mm -hmm. to go on, but sadly... That's usually not the stuff that's in the media. I know. Nobody focuses on that. And we will talk about a podcast um, in a little while that does a deeper dive. And there's a whole episode of her background. Amazing. Yeah. So, on to her disappearance. This was Memorial Day weekend, May 25th, 1996. 
That night, she went to a birthday party for a friend at an unofficial frat house. So, I guess, like, everyone on campus knew it as a frat house, but it really wasn't yeah. made a frat house by the school. <laughs> it's so funny that, like, you brought that up and that this is talked about because I had friends, a bunch of girlfriends in college, that made up their own frat. I mean, they were girls, but oh. it was hysterical. It was the funniest thing. I need to remember what the name was. So it was like a sorority or they did it as a frat? Like as They a did joke. it as a frat as a joke. <laughs> and they had frat parties with like their little symbol. Oh my um, God, that's It was so hysterical. Funny. I, need to, I need to remember what it was called. I'll Aww. think of it. So yes, she went to this uno- unofficial frat house and other friends of hers didn't want to go, but they dropped her off at the off-campus party. So they were just like nice enough to drive her there. Yeah. Around 2 a.m., now into the morning of May 26th, 1996, Kristen was found passed out on a neighbor's lawn by two students, Cheryl Anderson and Tim Davis. They had also left the party and decided to walk her back to her dorm. And another student that was at the party named Paul Flores joined them, and he said he'd help them get Kristen back to her room. And, I mean, that in itself that she was found passed out and they decided to help and like probably didn't even know her mm-hmm. I-, I thought that was a nice yeah gesture. i mean like you have classmates but you don't really know your classmates yeah and they saw her she was obviously intoxicated and they helped her yeah so tim davis left the group before walking all the way to her dorm he lived off campus and he had driven there so he was just like okay i'm gonna go yeah but part of me was thinking too that if she was, like, that drunk where she was passed out on someone's lawn, you would think she'd be kind of dead weight. Like, how did they and get her they should have all helped carry her because how were how were they expecting, like, just one guy and one girl to... In my head, I was thinking, like, she can barely walk. Why didn't Tim drive her back? Yeah. Or they all drive in his car? Yeah. I don't know. A little yeah. bit weird. Yeah. So, Cheryl Anderson split from them next, going to Sierra Madre Hall... And Paul's dorm was actually in close proximity to Kristen's. Excuse me, I just burped. (laughs) So Cheryl and Paul agreed that he could walk Kristen back since he lived closer. And Cheryl last saw Kristen near the intersection of Grand Avenue and Perimeter Road. So Cheryl later states that before splitting from Paul and Kristen, Paul asked Cheryl to kiss and hug him before walking away, which is very fucking strange. I know, like, that's such a strange thing to say to somebody unless, like you're dating them or talking with them or Or unless you're a fucking creep she like didn't know him (laughs) yeah yeah so cheryl and her classmates this is uh according to an article so alleged yeah allegedly used to call paul quote chester the molester and (laughs) i got a little heated when reading this part in the article as you can tell (laughs) because why i mean i'm not blaming Cheryl in any way okay I feel bad she's probably living with with guilt horrible but why if you call this man Chester the molester with your friends did you leave a woman alone with him a drunk woman yeah and why wouldn't they make this clear to Tim Mm -hmm. before Tim left like she could have been like and again I'm not blaming her but she could have been like Oh, me and my friends call this guy Chester the Molester. Like, can you not leave me alone with him? Don't leave us alone. Yeah, Yeah. like, because maybe that's why she left. Maybe she was scared for her own safety. But in that case, take Kristen with you. Be like, okay, I'm taking her back to my dorm with me. Right. Like, I don't... I mean, granted, things are different nowadays with people being more vigilant and 
everyone knows, Aware. like, you look out for your friends and stuff. Yeah. But I just found that really strange that that's what he was known as and still, like, everyone left her alone with him. It's actually fucking scary yeah. to think. Like, you're lucky if you have friends in college and had friends throughout, you know, high school and college that have your back and, you know, are with you in times yeah. that you cannot take care of yourself. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not... I feel bad, like, even, like, vocalizing that, yeah. but I was so pissed off when reading that last night. Because I'm like, Me what too. the actual fuck? This guy was known to be a fucking creep. And they left and her And he alone. brought her home alone. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Pissed me off, too. Yeah. So, but Cheryl, if you if you happen to be listening, we're, I'm, not, blaming we're not blaming you, you. at all. <laughs> yeah. It's not your fault. So, Paul Flores later stated to police that he walked Kristen as far as his dorm, which was Santa Lucia Hall, and then she walked back to her dorm, which was Moore Hall, by herself. And this was the last time Kristen was ever seen. Kristen did not have any ID, money, credit cards, or extra clothing on her when she went missing, and you'll see in a little bit why that was important for us to mention. Yeah. And she was last seen wearing a gray half t-shirt, which I'm thinking is just, like, a cropped crop top. Tee. Yeah. yeah. Black surfing shorts and red Puma athletic shoes. Who wrote the description half t-shirt? Come on. <laughs> it's from the 90s. Probably. It's a half t-shirt. <laughs> a crop top? <laughs> That's where crop top a originated. A <laughs> Okay. So now we're on to the investigation, which starts on May 28th, 1996, which was two days after Kristen disappeared. The missing persons report was filed with the campus police, and it took an entire month for the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office, Sheriff's Office to take over the Cal Poly Police and, you know, as the lead investigators of the case, which that I think is- piss- it also pisses me the fuck what off! What the fuck were they doing, the campus police doing for a month? And, like, why didn't the San Luis Obispo Sheriff's Department step in? Well, I have a feeling that they might have contacted them a little sooner than a month, but the sheriff's office didn't officially take over as until lead then. until a month later. Because there's no way they could have waited a month. And if they That's did... That's frightening as hell. Um, I hope they reevaluated and rehired because... Right? Knocked everyone out. Yeah. yeah. So, the University Police Department was slow in reporting her as a missing person to the local law enforcement, which would, you know, make sense as to why it took a month after. Yeah. They actually thought Kristen went on an unannounced vacation over Memorial Day weekend. Hence why we mentioned she did not have extra clothes or anything with her, because she didn't go on a vacation. Why would she get drunk? And her friends knew she was at a party. And then just, she's missing, and they're like, oh, she went on vacation. Yeah. That doesn't make and any sense. Also, if anything, why wouldn't you contact the family to be sure? Right. Right away. Like, there's a girl Somebody who's MIA on your campus. Yeah. Somebody had to family. have known her family yeah. and contacted them. So, yeah. volunteers searched, started searching for her. Helicopters were used to canvas the area. Her and Paul Flores' dorms were searched because he was the last one seen with her. Paul Flores was identified as a person of interest early on, but denied any involvement in her disappearance. On May 27, 1996, he was booked on an outstanding DUI warrant, which was, again, two days after Kristen's disappearance. And in the booking picture that they took of him that night, he had a black eye. So mm. just keep that in the back of your pocket. 
He gave police three different stories on how he got the black eye, so he was clearly lying about mm. what happened. Mm-hmm. Missing persons posters and billboards were also put up um, for her search. It took San Luis, Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office seven weeks and five days to obtain a search warrant for the Flores home. Why? How does it take seven weeks to get a search warrant of the person's house that was last seen with a missing person? Maybe they didn't have enough, like... Like, reasonable Evidence. Yeah. yeah, like, uh tangible evidence where it wasn't being approved to link him I but guess. still i mean what a waste of fucking time seven weeks so during the search of the flores's home they discovered newspaper clippings about Kristen's disappearance underneath of paul's mattress and in paul's father ruben's dresser ew yeah so between 1996 and 2007 Searches for her remains and other evidence occurred. Some used cadaver dogs that were trained to detect the scent of human remains. And cadaver dogs that were used to search the dorm of Paul Flores actually alerted the police at the time that there was a scent of human decay. And there was really nothing, like, taken from that. Like, that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. There were searches of properties owned by the Flores family as well. And at some point, what was potentially Kristen's earring was found by a tenant at the former residence of Paul Flores's mother. I I have no words. Me either. For, ha, like... That's not even the worst part. I can't even... I, I, okay, the hearing wasn't even marked as evidence, and it was lost by the freaking police. Like, how? And I read in an article that it was a bloody earring. I'm just gonna throw that out there. It's like... How many times can you piss me off? In one In thing. one story. So many things went wrong from the get-go for her search, I think, and it gave whoever did something to her or knew something about it time. Yeah, I feel like down the road, police have redeemed themselves because they have, like, or the department has redeemed itself because they have... Picked it back up. Yes. From the get-go. Yeah. I don't understand it, but Okay. So, in this time of the search, um, in 2002, there were also questions of a connection with the Lacey Peterson case, which, if you know that case, you know how messed up that is. There's a documentary on, I think, Hulu Mm -hmm. about her and what had happened, but the rumors in the media that Scott Peterson may have had something to do with Kristen's disappearance... Scott and Kristen attended the Cali Paul campus at the same time, so that's kind of where they made that connection. Mm Mm-hmm. A brief inquiry where Peterson denied any involvement and he was ruled out as a suspect by the police. So it was just a quick thing that was like in and out. There was really nothing. I'm sure the media ran with that though. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, it was definitely Peterson because of what he did to Lacey. Yeah. So there were no useful leads for nearly two decades besides, you know, possibly the fucking earring that they found (laughs) and they lost. Insane. Two decades, the family went without any leads at all on where this, where their daughter and sister and may have been. There had to have been, even if, I mean, you said there, you read that there was blood on, on the earring. Mm-hmm. Even if there wasn't, there had to have been DNA on the earring. Oh, 100%. Where they would have saw if, oh, it was Kristen Smart or, oh, wasn't. But if it was, they would be like, why the fuck is her earring in your place? That right there would have... Like, 
Considering she didn't know Paul or, like, hung yeah. out with him. Yeah, or... why would, why, I'm sorry, why was her earring at your mom's house? Like, right. Found if by you, a tenant. If you left her, if you left her before she even went back to her dorm, why was it at your mom's house? Fucking gross. So, 2011 to 2016, the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office regularly reviewed the case. Well, thank you for that. I know. They spent thousands of hours and dollars on trying to find Kristen and answers. So, they were, you know, keeping it on their minds and keeping it fresh. Um, But it's just such a long time Mm -hmm. that went by. So, now... This all started in 1996, and we are fast-forwarding all the way to 2016. I can't even fucking imagine what her family went through no. all, those, all of those years. No. So, September 6, 2016, the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office announced they were investigating a new lead in Kristen Smart's case. The FBI brought in cadaver dogs again, and... They plan to spend about four days excavating an area on the Cal Poly campus. After three days, items were found at all three dig sites that they did. I have the chills right now. Yeah. Why didn't they do that sooner? (sighs) I guess they needed some kind of reason. I know, but still... These dig sites were on a hillside by Kristen's dorm, and I read in other articles that... They were, like, right by his dorm room. Paul Flores, that is. Oh, my God. So, a spokesperson for the sheriff's office said, quote, The items are being analyzed to see whether they are connected to the case, which could take days, weeks, or months. And that was a quote from Wikipedia. In 2020, these items were still being investigated. The FBI has her on file as a high-priority missing person investigation, and... They actually put out a reward of $75,000 for information leading to finding her or bringing an end to her case. Wow, they which, really want it solved. Yeah. And here's another quote from the New York Times. The sheriff's office investigators and forensic specialists assigned to Miss Smart's case executed 18 search warrants, submitted 37 items that were collected in the early days of the case for DNA testing, recovered 140 new items of evidence, and conducted 91 interviews from 2011 to 2020. Holy shit. Which, like I said, they are they redeemed themselves yeah. with just being on top of shit. That's a lot. Holy yeah. crap. Just the sheer amount of interviews. Yeah. Wow. And 140 new items of evidence. Wow. What were they? I need to Why know. Why aren't they telling us? I need to know. Yeah. So... Uh, now we're getting into kind of the aftermath of the whole investigation. Mm-hmm. In 1997, the Smart family filed a $40 million wrongful death lawsuit against Paul Flores, but he was not charged criminally criminally in the case. Mm. And November 1997, Paul Flores refused to answer questions in a deposition. Basically, the whole time he, like, pled the fifth. He used his Fifth Amendment. And was like, nope, I'm not saying anything. If you don't have anything to hide, why don't you talk? Yeah. I will not, like, I don't know, whatever. So, May 25th, 2002, Kristen was declared legally dead. Wow. Yeah. And this was on the sixth sixth anniversary of her disappearance. Oh, my God. The same day. In 2005, Denise and Stan Smart, again, they were... 
Kristen's parents, made a civil case against Paul Flores for wrongful death, and Flores continued to, like, deny any involvement, and the Flores family then filed a lawsuit against the Smarts for emotional distress. How? Like, how could you do that? Very sick people. I mean, even if, like, even if they weren't guilty or aren't guilty. Yeah. How do you do that to a family whose daughter has disappeared? And they're still grieving. Like, talk about emotional distress. What the fuck do you think they're going through? Yeah. Wow. So. Another fact we just wanted to throw in there, Terry Black, a man in the Delta area of California, offered a $100,000 reward for the recovery of Kristen. Wow. So, he was just, like, a good fucking person who was, like, this case needs to be solved. Oh, my God, I have the chills again. Yeah. Wow. September 30th, 2019, musician Chris Lambert released an eight-part podcast about Kristen Smart's disappearance, and this is the podcast we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It's called Your Own Backyard, and it has been downloaded, downloaded, I cannot talk, over six million times. Wow. Which, props to you, Chris Lambert, good fucking job. Yeah. And his podcast renewed interest in the case, and in January 2020, a new billboard for Kristen was put up in Arroyo Grande, California, to replace her original that they had put up, and that billboard has been up since 1997. I am so blown away by the fact that his podcast, like, jump-started the, like, re-interest in this case. Yeah. Like, could you even fucking imagine? No. I can't. I just I, can't. I, that's honestly part of the reason I love podcasts. To get people and that people, out. Yeah, and that people bring attention to certain things in podcasts. And whenever someone says, like, oh, do this, do this at the end of their podcast, like, being vigilant, mm-hmm. I try to do it because it's, like, that could be the one thing that, yeah, you know. It's crazy. So... Like she, like Brent had said, it's an eight-part podcast. Each episode's about an hour, hour and a half, and it goes through. I think the first one's like about her, and then the second one is like all of the witnesses, all of her friends that knew her I'm at the time. I'm gonna have to listen to that. I know I didn't get a chance, but that's it's a deep, deep dive if you want to go that far. It's only eight episodes, and I would I'd recommend just giving it a listen if you're interested and want to hear more about this case by the Mm -hmm. time we're done today. Again, it's called Your Own Backyard. Yes. And it's on all podcasting platforms. And Chris Lambert is the host. Mm Mm-hmm. So, now that that kind of, like, jump-started the reinterest of this case, now we're into 2020. January 18th of 2020, a retired FBI agent that had been in contact with the Smart family informed them that news about Kristen's disappearance would be coming soon. Holy shit. Could you imagine getting that call after that long? No. And I'm sure he wasn't supposed to say anything, but he was retired and he's like, I don't don't care. (laughs) He probably worked on it. Yeah. And he's like, this family deserves to know. That something is coming. Do not give up hope. Yeah. So January 29th of 2020, San Luis Obispo Police Department confirmed two trucks owned by the Flores family in 1996 had been taken as evidence. (sighs) Hell yeah. February 5th, 2020, 
Search warrants were served for, quote, specific items of evidence at four different locations. Two were in the San Luis Obispo uh, area, one in Washington State, and one at a home in Los Angeles, California, or Los Angeles County, I'm sorry. Flores was briefly detained during this time, so they kept him, you know, away from the situation. Mm -hmm. April 22nd, 2020. Los Angeles Times reported a search warrant was served at the time at the home of Paul Flores in San Pedro, California. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department and San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Department detectives were involved in this search. Mm. Wow. Quote, items of interest were found, including computer towers, cell phones, and electronics that were decades old. Which... Thank God he was stupid enough to, to keep, keep that shit. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, if you know that there's something on there, why would you keep those? Yeah. He probably thought he was in the clear and like... Or uh, like just like totally forgot about them and put them in a drawer somewhere, like like old phones or whatever, put them in a drawer somewhere and was like, oh, whatever, they're not even... I can imagine the detective that found it was like, an old, <laughs> an old razor! <laughs> you know? Look like, at this flip phone! Waving it around. Yeah. Look, it's a Blackberry! I don't know if those existed in 1996, did, did they? they? <laughs> probably not. It's probably just a Nokia. Phone. A Nokia. That's the size of my house phone. <laughs> like back from Saved by the Bell. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what they found yeah. in his house. Oh, my God. So, February 11th of 2021, we're getting closer. Paul Flores was arrested by the Los Angeles Police Department in Rancho Palos Verdes, California. Suspicion of being a felon in possession of a firearm, which is a felony. So basically, they nabbed him on that charge to hold him um, for now and throughout the investigation on him. So they were able to hold this little charge against him just to keep him, you know, to keep him in their hands. Yeah. yeah, until they can probably like build more evidence or whatever. Which is a great idea. Yeah. March 15th, 2021. Search warrant was issued for Ruben Flores' home, who, again, is Paul's father. This home, just to give you kind of a picture of where it was in relation to the campus, is 13 miles away from Cal Poly campus. Um, They brought in cadaver dogs and ground-penetrating radar, so they were like, we're going to find something here. We Mm -hmm. have to bring in all the technology. An older model Volkswagen was towed from there as well. I just, I, I need to know what they found at these places. I know. And They're what? pulling so much stuff. <sighs> so much. I mean, if they're taking that many cars, too, I wonder if she was moved in, like, all these different cars and they are yeah. fucking idiots and not only didn't get rid of cell phones, but didn't get rid of their cars or, like, clean them properly or whatever. I hope, honestly, that that's the case. But that's, like, a blessing i'm not i mean they're stupid for yeah just in general yeah but the fact that they were able to get all of this to tie Kristen's disappearance to them is yeah. incredible i know so now we're to april 13th of 2021 paul and ruben flores were taken into custody by the san luis obispo county sheriff's department paul flores who at the time is 44 years old was charged with murder Ruben Flores, who was 80 years old at the time, was charged with accessory after the fact. Mm. 
This is a quote from the Smart family about the arrest. Quote, It is impossible to put into words what this day means to, for our family. We pray it is the first step to bringing our daughter home. Oh my God, I'm getting like emotional. And that was a New York Times quote. So now we're on to April 19th of 2021. Literally a couple weeks ago. How fucking crazy. It's just so crazy. I love how shit has been going down with cases being solved. Like being reintroduced, brought up to new people that have been hired into the, you know, law enforcement or just new people picking up the cases. Yeah, and the, like, whole... DNA, like, genetics and the genealogy and all that that's helping solve cases. It's, like, these scummy people who have been sitting back for 20-plus years thinking, oh, I got away with it. Well, no, you little shit, you didn't. You didn't fucking get away with it. You got away with way too many years. That's all you got away with. Yeah. So, again, April 19th of this year, 2021, both Paul and Ruben Flores pled not guilty. Cagney. They're remaining their innocence, whatever. Cagney with a spoon. Dan Dow, who is San Luis Obispo County District Attorney, said Paul Flores had, quote, caused the death of Miss Smart while in the commission of or attempted rape. <sighs> so they definitely have the amount evidence. of evidence that they could say that publicly. They the definitely have DNA evidence. I'm disgusted. But happy so, that they're finding this out now. Yeah. This... Disgusted, though. And the fact that... Uh, he's... I, I can't even put into words how disgusting this man is. That I know. people knew he was a fucking creep. And he still got away with it for all these years. Like, that makes me sick to my stomach. And I just keep going back to when they booked him on that DUI warrant. Yeah. That he had a black eye. And he was the last person to be seen with Kristen. And he lied about how he got the black eye. Like, yeah, yeah, it could have been a total coincidence. But she probably put up a fucking fight. Yeah. It's like, put the pieces together. Yeah. So the prosecutors want to prove their case by bringing forward evidence of prior sexual assaults and other crimes Paul committed since Kristen disappeared. Yeah. Because, yes, yes, believe it or not, this man was a sexual predator outside of all of this. Between all of those years since she disappeared, so many more women were affected by him. Yeah. District Attorney Dan Dow said, quote, we have evidence that we do believe there were other people not yet identified that have su- that have had some kind of a criminal act perpetrated on them by Mr. Flores. And he's just basically saying in addition to other people that they do know of because other women have come forward saying to that them. they were assaulted by him. Right. Yeah. So court documents state that there is reason to believe Kristen's body had been moved recently from under the Flores home deck at 710 White Court. And there is biological evidence of the victim, meaning Kristen, being buried under the deck. And just to give you a visual of the Flores house, there are nine bedrooms. It's 40,000 square feet of land. It was huge. Yeah. And there is a um, document. I don't know if I put it in here. I might mention it again, Mm -hmm. but there is a document that 
that ties, it's from, like, it's a court document, Mm -hmm. and it has a description of why they think, why exactly they think that her body was under the deck. Yeah. And I took, I have a screenshot of it, so we'll post that for you guys on our Facebook so you can read that court document if you would like to. But the fact that they came up with that and that they came to the conclusion that her body was recently moved. Yeah. Like... It just blows my mind. They thought they got away with this. But why haven't they been watched all along? They would have seen them moving her. I don't know. I don't know. Unless they just didn't have enough evidence to... To watch. Yeah. And to... Yeah. Yeah. So, the court issued a gag order, and we talked about this in the past, but it means anyone involved in the case is not allowed to talk about the case or share documents to anyone outside of court. Yeah. So, I honestly don't know how that court document that I'm going to post was shared, but it was. (laughs) I had a few, too, where I was like, wait. Yeah. So, Paul Flores remains in uh, St. Louis Louis Obispo County Jail, being held without bail, awaiting trial. And a statement written by Stan and Denise Smart and the Smart family regarding Ruben's bail was released on 4-16-2021. So, again, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. This is a quote. Our family strongly opposes any bail being offered to Ruben Flores. Given the charges filed against his son, Paul, that he murdered our daughter, sought and received help from his father, Ruben, and then the two collaborated to hide her and deny any knowledge of their actions for the next 25 years is simply reprehensible. This is not how mature, responsible adults act. Uh, That's honestly not how humans fucking should act. Ruben, in particular, has repeatedly demonstrated troubling behavior all these years, and we fear his release on bail directly threatens the safety of our family. Yes. Yes. We know that... And here's a separate quote. We know the primary purpose of bail is to help ensure that a person accused of a crime does not leave town or miss specified trial dates in court. Obviously, after 25 years of deliberately hiding the truth, we are gravely concerned this lifelong coward will seek to run if freed on bail. Just as importantly, we believe he is seeking bail simply because he does not like being held in confinement. He wants to be released and return to the comfort of his home. Do not treat him as a child and give in to his wishes. Treat him as an adult who knew better but selfishly acted to protect himself and his son, lie about their actions, and withhold knowledge for 25 years while denying our family the chance to lay our daughter to rest." Offering him bail merely rewards their past actions while penalizing our family once again. The pain of his release and potential threat to our family would be devastating. We have lived with their deplorable actions long enough and do not want anything to stand between us and justice for our precious daughter and sister. Oh my god, this is heartbreaking. We have waited 25 years to recover Kristen, and his release or reduced bail would clearly jeopardize our chance to lay Kristen to rest in the embrace of her family. There is nothing more important. Ugh. That's literally heartbreaking. Also, like, there's probably a chance, a slight chance, that when they moved her body, it's now in a spot that either it could be found, or maybe they didn't have time to, like, proper, like, to put it somewhere where it would be better hidden. And there's a chance, what if he, like, goes out and tries to, like, further hide or destroy evidence? That's the thing, and from what I was reading in the articles, it made it very evident that they had a lot of family connections mm. that would help them 
do whatever needs cover to be up. done and cover and f- um, even help him flee if yeah, he was fuck released. that. Okay. So, Ruben Flores was initially held at bail of $250,000, and he was freed April 22nd after his bail was lowered to $50,000. I'm going to fucking scream. This case makes me want to scream. What was the judge fucking thinking? To lower his bail to that much money? So, the judge said Ruben Flores had health problems. That's why he lowered the bail. Who the fuck cares? This guy's been covering up a crime for 25 years. His son murdered somebody. So fucking rot in prison with your health problems. Yeah. People do it. Guess what? If you get sentenced, you're dying in prison anyway. You're 80 yeah. fucking years old. Yeah. And um, were they considering Kristen? Were they considering her well-being? Her when families? She, yeah. And why should people care about your health when you didn't care about helping your son <sighs> cover up a murder? Like, that's... Disgusting. I don't understand. That makes no sense. So, Ruben was ordered to give up his passport, and he was also... Like, that's gonna stop him. Yeah, really. And he was also put on electronic monitoring until trial to prevent him from fleeing. It's been almost 25 years. It will be 25 years this This month. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 month. month. And Kristen has yet to be found. Paul and Ruben Flores are scheduled for trial hearings May 17th and June 21st and a preliminary hearing. This includes witness testimonies and evidence is set for July 6th. So we are going to have to do an update episode after these trials Holy are hell finished yes. and, and once there's a verdict and... And hopefully once Kristen's found. Yeah. Which hopefully she will be. Hopefully that's the update episode we have to come at you with, but... Yeah. So, that is where we are right now with Kristen Smart's case. <sighs> um, it's just mind-blowing and, and it's just unreal that this went on for so long. But I'm happy that it did and it got picked back up mm-hmm. by people because her family deserves, you know, to have her body laid to rest after yeah. all of these years. And she, I mean, poor girl, she was in college living her best life. And that was just she was totally taken from her. Yeah. Horribly taken from her. I watched an interview of her father earlier on after she went missing. And he said, we will never lose hope of finding her. Oh, my God. I feel so bad. It makes me sick. So, we try to end cases um, with something happy or something positive that came out of this, you know, horrible thing that had happened. Mm-hmm. So, besides the fact that... <laughs> I love that you find... <laughs> type dickwad. Yes. <laughs> besides the fact that this dickwad was caught <laughs> and is being tried, that's also, you know, that's happy. The Kristen Smart Campus Security Act was made after her disappearance. So, August 19th, 1998, it was written and sponsored by the state senator, Mike Thompson, who passed, um, 61... It passed 61 to zero. Oh. So, like, 61 people voted yes, zero Zero people voted voted no. no. Oh, good. Well, I mean, how could you vote no for Mm -hmm. this? Um, and that was by the California state legislator that voted... Um, was signed into effect by the governor that was during this time, Pete Wilson. So, that's amazing that that Mm -hmm. came out of it. January 1st, 1999, 
this officially uh, took effect, this act did, this act, quote, requires all public colleges and publicly funded educational institutions to have their security service made make agreements with local police departments about reporting cases involving or possibly involving violence against students, including missing students. And that was a Wikipedia quote, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Thank God, because they're like, this mistake can never happen again where... They left it the to secu- the campus security. Yeah, the campus security just, like, was like, oh, maybe she's on vacation. We'll and never it reported it to the police for how no- God knows how long. The guilt that they must feel. So, that is, like, a perfect act to be put into place under her name. Yeah, immediately notifying the local police department. Mm-hmm. So, the Justice for Kristen Fund was originally created to help raise money for a reward for information leading to finding Kristen. This is now turned into a new way to honor Kristen's life, which is amazing. Um, Quote, the Kristen Smart Scholarship, a project of Justice for Kristen, celebrates her life, hopes, dreams, and ambitions by empowering other college-bound women to pursue their ambitions in Kristen's name. And this is quoted from Stan and Denise Smart um, and fam- her family from kristensmart.org. So that's the scholarship that they came up with to honor her life, which is... Which is awesome. That reminds me of, like, Bianca's. <sighs> yeah, they took something positive and are able to help women her age achieve what they want to achieve mm-hmm. through college. And you can actually donate to this scholarship on that website. Again, the website is kristensmart.org. So check it out and donate if you feel necessary. Um, any information about Kristen's disappearance or her whereabouts, you can contact Los Angeles Field Office of the FBI, and their phone number is 310-477-6565. You can also contact San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Department. Their number is 805-781-4550, or you can your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate. So you can contact any of those places if you have any information. You can also um, submit an anonymous tip online at FBI.org or FBI.gov. I'm sorry. That's insane. I think that's a great thing to have for somebody that wants to be anonymous and doesn't even want to have to call in Mm -hmm. and have their voice be heard by the FBI. They can literally go on to FBI.gov and report any information that they know. Yeah, like, let's say you're listening and you're part of the Flores family and you're scared for your safety or you're a friend and you know something more about her disappearance because, remember, Kristen has not been found. Maybe you know more about where she was moved. Before having to have her family, you know, obviously they have to go through the trial, but, like, if they knew where her body was and where... Yeah. it would. I'm sure it would give them relief. Maybe you're someone who was literally on the street and saw something sketchy and something has clicked in your head and you're like, oh my god, wait, this could be connected to her case. Like, anything. 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 We'll provide this information in our show notes and on our Facebook as usual because uh, some of you are probably very visual. Yeah, (laughs) I I read those numbers numbers. and I was like, I don't know anybody that can just sit there and take these down, but you know, here we are. Yeah. (laughs) So... That is... That's about it. Yeah. We'll also um, provide the link if you would like to donate to the scholarship fund. Yes. That's what we have on Kristen Smart's case up until now. Um, Hopefully when we come back with a update, it's something, you know, positive and good for her family. 
Um, yeah, they definitely need that. Yeah. And as does she. This monster has gotten away with this for too long. 25 years. Yeah, now he He can... got to live 25 years of his life without even being, like, thought of. And still preying on other women. Hurting other women. Yep. And his father had to live with that, too. And he still lives with that. Yeah. I hope he feels some kind of remorse, and he, if not, he's gonna when they have the trial. Hopefully. Yep, and then hopefully they'll just live the rest of their lives locked up. I know. But, yeah, that's it. Oh, actually, I do want to talk about something that you brought to my attention the other day, because I don't check it as often as I should, but we had a new review on Apple Podcasts, and it was, it said it was from your witchy friend. Who are you? I have a lot of witchy friends. Who are you? Expose yourself. <laughs> no, just kidding. You don't have to. But we really appreciate your comment. It was so sweet. And we want to send you a sticker. Yeah. You deserve a sticker. <laughs> it was really sweet. Yeah. I loved it. So we haven't mentioned this in a while, but uh, rate us. <laughs> Leave us a review. <laughs> review us yeah give us a rating i know apple podcast gives that option spotify doesn't i don't know if google does but if you're on a podcast platform listening to us on a podcast casting platform where you are able to rate or review our podcast Mm -hmm. we would greatly appreciate it yeah and i know we've mentioned subscribing to our podcast before but i don't know if a lot of our listeners that aren't familiar with podcasts know what that really means Mm -hmm. basically when you subscribe to a podcast you get notified every week when the episode airs so if you're like you know friday mornings and you're like you know out of it because it's the end of the work week (laughs) you'll get a notification saying that our podcast episode is live for that week and you can listen to it then yeah also, again, I don't think uh, Spotify gives that option, mm-hmm. but you can follow us on Spotify. Yes. So do those things. <laughs> yeah, do all the things. And again, we are on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow us on there. We are on Twitter. I try to tweet, but I'm not very I don't, good at it. I don't know how Twitter works. <laughs> well, I know how it works, but I'm like, what I do, do I tweet on ours besides the episode every like, week? Commenting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't... T- Twitter, I've never been yeah. great at Twitter. But, yeah, follow us on there, too. And please continue to give us feedback, whether it be something that you think we could do better or you would like to see more of or, or something that you like <laughs> yeah things you like. like that stuff we like hearing it all so yeah. we want to hear it all like she said positive or negative we want to make it better positive or needs work as i would say to my old school kids right no, no is negative no <laughs> yeah. don't be needs mean work. needs work i'm soft <laughs> <laughs> all right bye. that's it all right bye guys until next week bye, bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook